Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Uh, I, I want to report on really five different areas this morning. And if you have your, um, your sermon notes, we still handed out sermon notes. And, and I, I left some spaces there for you so that you could um, uh, just write down anything of significance to you as I, as I bring these things up. I'm going to answer a lot of your questions uh, this morning. Um, that, that a lot of you have been asking, some of you have just maybe been thinking about it, not asking, and one of the big ones we have around here is what are we going to do about the growth here at, at New Song? And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to get the, the, uh, the 9.30 service people and some 11 o'clock people here at the 8 o'clock service. So first of all, if you've already made that switch to the 8 o'clock service, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those services are packed out. Um, th- this is the service that we have more room to grow in, but of course it's eight o'clock in the morning, everybody. That's that's a that's a big thing to ask people to do, right? And so um, maybe you're not seeing the numbers here. Maybe um, you, you don't know what happens at the nine thirty or the eleven o'clock service. But I- I'm telling you, everybody, it's been it's been absolutely amazing. We've experienced growth. Growth. We're in a season of growth, uh, really, the likes of which we've never seen before. And I'm being honest with you about that. Let me break it down to you uh, uh, like this. We have grown since, since um, December, just four, four months ago. We've, we've, now grow, we've now grown by well over 200 people just in the last four months. Yeah. And uh, the last three weeks, and this does not include Easter Sunday. This is just the last three weeks. We have averaged 930 people over the last month, not including Easter service, 930. And that's, uh, that's absolutely amazing. The bigger thing, the biggest thing, though, everybody, is that we have seen both Plymouth and Wabash campuses, 98 salvations this year alone, since January 1st, 98 salvations. Isn't that awesome? And so, so uh, we, we are, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying my best to keep up with growth and getting to know people and and, and I'm going to tell you something, that's where we're going to need your help. I'm going to talk to you about that in a little while. We need your help like never before just to help us get people connected. And, and listen, it's a significant thing to have that level of influence in a community and in a generation. It's, it's, no, significant, it's no insignificant thing that we get to have such a voice in this community and this generation, everybody. And, and, and it's all hands on deck at this point. It's all hands on deck. Uh, I, I want to say this, that... that um, uh, the question we get asked, again, the most, hey, what are we going to do with all the people? What are we going to do with all the crowds? We have, we have looked at every single option that we can possibly think of. I mean, we have thought, if you say, well, have you thought of, the answer is yes. We have thought, and we have talked, and we've discussed, and we've, we've emailed, and we've texted, and we've gone through everything. And I say that to say this, that, that currently, the, the, the one option that we just keep coming back to as literally the only option that's, that's really feasible at this point is a building expansion. And, and with that in mind, what we, because I know well, what's it going to be and what, you know, where is it going to be at and how much is that going to cost? Well, I'll tell you this, um, we know some of that, but we don't know all of that. And so what we've done is we've actually hired an architect. We've just paid him just um, on, on his own. He's not connected to a company uh, or anything like that. He's just an architect. That way we can get drawings to receive bids because we don't even know the cost of that at, at, at this point. But we do know of all of the things that we've talked about, we do know the, the best uh, type of build, the, the, where to put it. And, and I'm gonna, if you don't mind everybody, I'm gonna give you some examples of it this morning. Is that all right to do? Because again, if you know me, I'm just a transparent guy. Like I told you, you'll, by the end of the day, you'll know what I know. And, and this, is, this is what we know so far, that we're putting... We're putting uh, drawings together so that, we can, so that we can get bids. And you say, well, does that mean that we're going to build? No. Everybody say no. no. It doesn't mean we're going to build. You, you, the Bible says you've got to count the cost, right? 
So, so the only way to know if building is the, is the best option is to actually receive bids to see what those are. But I wanted to give you a couple of renderings of what we're looking at right now. Here's the exterior of what's been drawn so far. That is literally just the first rendering. This has not been manipulated one bit. We have a lot of other ideas that we're going to uh, 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 you know, put down to paper. This is just the architect's first rendering. It may not look like this, but the location of it, uh, it seems to be secure. So you see that on the front. Let's go back to the exterior real quick. You see that on the front. It's just tied, it's just tied to the front doors right out front. And so you can see that part of the building is exposed where all the offices are on the right-hand side of the screen. So it's literally just coming out of the front of the, of the building. Now we can show the, in, the interior view. Uh, of course, everything in the red is, would be the expansion. That would seat uh, about 750 to 790 people, depending on the, the size of chairs uh, that, that we're going to put in there. If, if, you can, if you notice something, I want to point something out to you. If you notice it, it's just something very basic. That, let me say it this way, that we, we are keeping this simple. It's not going to be something fancy. If you look around this building, everybody, we built this building at $86 and some change per square foot, not including excavation. So we, we're not, I always say this to people, buildings don't win people to Jesus, people win people to Jesus, right? So we put, we put our investment into people, not into stuff. And so this building is literally just a, a sanctuary to house people. We would still have to be at two services, even at that seating, then we're okay with that. Um, but it would, give, it, would, it would create a larger net, which you're, you're gonna hear about that a little bit more this morning, for us to catch all of the fish, everybody, that we've been fishing for. It's just a, it's just a, a, a big room for a sanctuary and then restrooms and a couple of uh, rooms off to the side. Now you can see, you see where it says one, two, three, four, five, and six. So what that would be doing is actually expanding our kids' ministry. So along the walls in the inside of this sanctuary would be three different classrooms um, that, that we could expand for small groups and for children's ministry. So it really solves every issue that we have right now, including a way bigger lobby, everybody. Our lobby is so tiny, isn't it? And so it's a, it's a significantly larger uh, lobby. So now, everybody, you know what I know. And you say, well, Pastor, because I'm going to get this today. Pastor, how much is that going to cost? I don't know. That's why we got these drawings, everybody, because we don't know. We have to, you have to get the drawings in order to get the bids. Everybody see that? Okay, so, so now you know what I know. Uh, you, you, you've, we've talked about, well, what about, um, what about uh, you know, another campus? What about a video campus? What about, um, you know, relocating? Well, I'm going to tell you a couple of things about that. Here in our area, we've had multiple, not multiple, several churches have video campuses, and I don't know that they fly in our community. Right now, none of those have been successful. They've all shut down. Because people, I, I believe in, in, in rural Indiana, blue-collar Indiana, people want to shake the pastor's hands. They, they, they wanted to, they, they, this isn't the city, everybody. It, doesn't, it just doesn't work here. The other side of it is, if you say, well, what if we start another campus at another, uh, you know, another location? Well, you still have to purchase the property and the building. And right here, we already own the property. Um, and and if, if we were to buy something that already exists, we'd have to go in there, completely remodel it. And the more that we talked about that, if, if you want to know the truth, we have looked at every single property we could look at really for the past year or so we've been looking, and there's just nothing. There's just nothing that we could use. And so, um, so right now, we're heading in that direction. If the Lord allows, that's the direction that, we'll, that we will go. I want to tell you this. Uh, if, you've, if you've never been part of, of um, a building project here at New Song, let me say it this way, that... We do not run normal capital campaigns. There's a lot of churches do that. They'll, they'll talk about money every single week for an entire year. And, and we don't do that here at New Song. If you've ever been a part, if you've been a part of New Song for very long, you know this. We rarely take up offerings. Then any time that we've ever gone through a remodel or even the, the, the building of this building, we just told you when the offering was going to be, and then we just received that offering. That's all we did. And so if you're saying, well, boy, what's this going to look like? Can I tell you something New Song, it'll, you, you've, you'll never see it done more healthily anywhere else in, in the world than right here at New Song. We've never lost one family because uh, of asking for money. We just don't do that around here. We, we really feel that whatever is in your heart to give is what you're going to give. So we just tell you the date that we're going to receive the, the offering, and that's what, that's what happens, okay? And now we'll tell you the cost. We'll tell you how much 
we're gonna come up with, but I wanna tell you this, that we already have a significant amount of money in the bank because we've been saving up for this for, for quite some time, all right? And so um, if, we wanted to, if we wanted to go into it today and start breaking ground tomorrow, we could, but we, we don't wanna do that. We, got, we have to count the cost and be wise with everything that we do. So we're taking our time and we're just allowing the Lord to, to lead us. Everybody got that, right? Okay, so you can, you're free to ask me any questions you want to, um, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just tell you, um, we have looked at every single option. So if you, if you have ideas for me, don't catch me on a Sunday morning. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but on Sunday mornings, I like to talk to every new person that I can, that I can talk to. I, I want to introduce myself. So if you talk to me about building, then you're keeping me from getting to know new people here at New Song. Please don't do that, all right? Release me. Release me to love the people that God has called me to love. Will you do that? So on Sunday morning is not the time to ask details about, about this. Can I, did, I, did I hurt your feelings when I said that? Because you're just, okay, okay. You get my heart though, right? I, I want to connect with as many people as possible. So sometimes people want a counseling session on Sunday morning. And I'm thinking, you know, there's hundreds of people here. Uh, you know, this probably isn't the right time for that. So uh, anyway, so there's about growth. Let me talk to you about missions. Of course, we give... We give to dozens and dozens and dozens of mission, missionaries and mission organizations. We give locally, nationally, globally. I, I did want to give you a quick update uh, concerning um, Surge, where we are with planting churches around the world. And I want to show you a map, everybody. This is where we have uh, works that, that News Song has been the one to invest in. Right now, we, we have either planted, we've either started, let me use that word, we've e either started or are training pastors in 420 different communities around the world. 420 churches will be planted because of New Song. Isn't that amazing? 420. So our, our influence here at New Song is literally going global as we just invest in people who are, are, are wanting to plant churches. And, and we, we were just funding one church at a time and through Surge Project, actually, Pastor Larry Stockstill is going to be here next Sunday morning, who started Surge, and he, he, he in his ministry, has, has planted well over 30,000 churches around the world. Um, but they have changed the strategy of that, and, and now instead of planting just one church at a time, and I told you this, I think, already, their, their goal was to plant one church a day. Well, now they've moved that up and said, we want to plant one church an hour. And so in doing so... Um, uh, what they're doing is now, instead of just funding one church, now we're funding with the same amount of money, somewhere between 50 to 75 pastors being trained to go into the communities. All of those pastors that are, we had, we had hundreds and hundreds of pastors ready to go start a church. They just didn't have the training. And they, they came to, to Pastor Larry and his team and said, hey, listen, we, we, don't, we, we would much rather have the training than the funds. We're, we're, already, we're already able to live life so just train us on how to start a church, and that's because that's what we want to do. And they were just so anxious to get on the field that that, that they just changed the, the way they've done things. So now, everybody, you've invested in 420 different communities around the world. Uh, uh, 420 churches will be in existence because of your faithfulness and giving. 420, and that's just right now. That that's just where we are right now. By the end of this year, we hope to have at least seven or eight hundred. That, that, that are on the field. And I'm, I'm really, if you want to know my heart, I'm really praying for a thousand by the end of this year, that of a thousand pastors that we can put on the field. Isn't that amazing if we could do that? Absolutely amazing. I want to talk to you about legacy and specifically a legacy team. This is something that's very, am I going too fast for you, everybody? Am I doing all right? Okay. I want to talk to you about a legacy team very quickly. I get a question quite Quite a bit, a question that, have, that have, has never really come about before, if you want to know the truth, in, in all of these years, it's only come about this past year, and specifically over the last six months, uh, multiple times again and again. And it's people who are coming up and saying, hey, hey pastor, you talk about, you know, serving, and, 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 and sometimes I'll say, and they'll, they'll call me on this in, in a very, very good way, in a very positive way, they'll say, hey, listen, some people are called just to make money because their ministry is actually to invest in the kingdom of God. But where are we supposed to invest in? What, what are we supposed to invest in? Like we, we, have, we have the gift of giving, but we don't know where to put it. 
And, and after talking to a lot of other churches, a lot of other ministries out there that we decided, you know what, it, it is true that, that there is, in fact, let me read this to you in the scripture. This is Romans 12, verse six through eight says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. And you can see all of those things happening right here at, at New Song. Like all of those gifts, we can say, hey, listen, if, if you have the gift of, uh, of prophecy or the gift of serving or the gift of teaching or the gift of encouragement, we have this ministry and this ministry and this ministry, you can plug in here and plug here. But it, it goes on, everybody. If it is the gift of giving, then give generously. That generosity, the gift of giving, is a spiritual gift. And so what we want to do here at New Song is develop a legacy team. And this is specifically the mission statement of that legacy team. The legacy team mission statement will be to advance the cause of Christ and accelerate the vision of New Song Church. To advance the cause of Christ and accelerate the vision of New Song Church and doing that through giving. And so for those who have the gift of giving, I'm going to explain this more in the summer. You'll, you'll hear about it. I'll get the word out to you. And I want you to know this, that if you have the gift of giving, what, what we will not do is fund the general budget through that. That the legacy team, listen, listen everybody, the legacy team will not, do, will not be a blessing to the day-to-day -day operations of New Song. The legacy team, those who have the gift of giving and just want to give, it will, we will only be a conduit of those funds and we'll just tell you what the Lord is doing in, in this community, in the state, in this nation, and around this world, we'll talk to you about surge. We'll, we'll talk to you about projects around the world. We'll talk to you about missions. We'll, we'll talk to you about, um, we, we have people in our church that just give faithfully to local benevolence. They just, they just give faith. We'll just be a conduit so that you can, you can use your gift of generosity and, and fund ministries that advance the gospel of Christ. So, Meaning this, everybody, everything that comes through the legacy team is just going to pass through us. It, we're just going to be a conduit. It's not going to stick. It's just going to go right into the field. It's going to go right into the mystery. It will not, it will not in, increase our day-to-day -day operations whatsoever. Everybody get that, right? Okay, so now you say, well, how many have the gift of, of giving? Well, I'm going to tell you this. In, in the largest church in America, the, a church of well over 80,000 people, their legacy team only consists of about 500 out of 80,000. So we might only have five or 10 people here at New Song that just have this gift of giving, maybe 15 or 20, I don't know. They just have a gift of giving. Odds are all of us want to give, but some people have been blessed with a spiritual gift of giving. And God has given them supernatural provision so that they could do that. Everybody see the difference? So if you're paid check to paycheck and say, I just love to give, well, can I tell you, we all love to give, but God has given a specific spiritual gift to others, and we're going we're gonna to help you know where that you can give those funds to, and we'll help you uh, get connected into ministries that you can bless. Isn't that a great idea? Just a great idea. So legacy, that'll, you'll hear more about that in the summer. It will not come from the platform as much as just through meetings uh, that we will have. So it won't be a Sunday morning event. You'll hear about it. You'll be invited to it if you have the gift of giving, but that's how we're going to do that. Outreach. We've been saying this for a long time, and you, it has been making a difference. Outreach. One invitation can, one invitation can change a life, right? You, you've heard that every single Sunday. Can I tell you why? Because it's true. Because one invitation can change a life. And I want you to know that when it comes to the growth of new song, when it comes to all of the salvations, 98 salvations that we've seen since January 1st, don't look at me and say, well done, Pastor Justin. You need to look at all of us because it's not me, it's us. It's not me, it's us. We're all, we're all doing what the Lord has called us to do to make a difference. So in the end, God gets all of the praise. We are just all being used by him. It's, it's not me, it's us. It's not me, it's us. Let, let me tell you what the Lord spoke to me this morning. One invitation can change a life, and it's true. One invitation, and, if you, and we say this, if you don't know how to invite somebody to Christ, at least invite them to church so that I can invite them to Christ. And can I tell you something? It's working. It's working. We're seeing that. It's, it's working. But the Lord also spoke this into my heart, everybody, when it concerns uh, outreach, that we are, 
we are the local missionaries. That's us. So if people say, well, what are we doing locally? That's us. That's us. We are all, if you're a follower of Christ, we are all local missionaries, meaning we haven't been called overseas to Sri Lanka. We haven't been called to the inner city of Chicago, although how many know they need Jesus there, right? (laughs) We've been called to Plymouth, Indiana. We are the local missionaries in this community and in north central Indiana. It's us. It's us. And so we're going to take ownership of that. We're going to continue to invite people to Christ or at least invite them to church so that they can be invited to Christ. And I want you to know that, it, that it's working. And I want you to have a different mindset than you've ever had before. That you are not just a Christian, but you are a missionary. Your job, even if it's just to win one person to Christ this year, if you make that your goal, I want one person, one friend, one neighbor, one coworker, one family member to come to Christ this year. Can I tell you, the size of New Song would double just in one year if we all just reached one person. And you say, well, that, that, that's not so difficult. You're right. But the problem is a lot of people don't realize that you are missionaries. That that, that that call to be a missionary is not placed upon somebody else. It's placed upon all of us. The Bible says that all of us are called to share the grace of God in its various forms. That we're all called to be missionaries. And I want to stick that in your mind again and again and again. One invitation can change a life. And I mean for eternity. So do that with all of your heart. It's working, new song, it's working. So let's do that with all of our heart. I want to talk to you about culture. Culture. In, in fact, I, I came up with a culture statement. In fact, the staff spent months working on this. And the culture statement I want to introduce you today, and you're going to hear this from us all the time, is we will joyfully love and welcome everyone the same way Jesus loves and welcomes us. That one of the things that we saw when, when Jennifer and I started the church years ago, and then some of you here in this room were part of that journey. You've been part of us for 18 years, 17, 16 years, 15 years. When the church was a lot smaller, it was so much easier to get plugged in. It was so much easier to get to know people. It was so much easier just to, to build friendships and all of those things. Can I tell you, the bigger the church gets, the smaller we have to keep it. The, the bigger the church gets, the smaller we have to keep it. And we have, to be, we have to be very intentional about that, very purposeful about that. And small groups, small groups is where a big church becomes small. And you need to get plugged in. You need to get plugged into a small group. And some of you need to start leading a small group, teaching a small group. But everybody needs to get plugged in somewhere. You have to get plugged in somewhere. And then on Sunday mornings, again, Uh, This is so unique because now all of a sudden we're not a small church anymore. We're a pretty large church. And and so when people are coming in, you know know who your friends are when you get to church. And you just kind of naturally look for them because everybody loves to connect. And I want you to do something. I've taught you this for years and years and years. I'm bringing it up again. I want you to do something, to come to church on a Sunday morning with the mission And your mission is not just to say hi to all of your friends, but to actually get out of your comfort zone and joyfully love and welcome every way the same way that Jesus loves and welcomes you. So I want you to go out of your way. Find find people who look lost. Find people who aren't talking to anybody and go up and have a conversation. Introduce yourself to them. Make them feel at home. We have to have a, a welcoming culture here at New Song if we're gonna to continue to make a difference in this community. New song, I need you, I beg you, join me. You see what I do every single week, don't you? Every single Sunday, where am I? I'm out there connecting with as many people as I possibly can. That's the, and you say, well, that's the call of God on, on your life. If you're, a, if you're a member of New Song Church, it's the call of God on your life. It's the call of God on your life and the call of God on my life that we need to joyfully love and welcome everyone the same way that Jesus loves and welcomes us. Why? We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what their past is. We don't know what their weekend was like. We don't know what their morning was like. And people are coming in who, who have been hurt. They've been wounded. They're depressed. They're discouraged. They're hopeless. And sometimes all it takes is a, hey, have I met you before? And you shake their hand and introduce your, yourself to them and 
Say, hey, how, how many times have you been here? That's a, great, that's a great starter question. How many times have you been here? Oh, we've been coming for a month. Well, man, I'm sorry, I, I haven't got to know you sooner. And hey, have you seen all the church? Can I take you on a tour? Can I show you around? Can I, can I help you? Hey, if you see somebody sitting by themselves in service, why don't you say, hey, can I sit next to you? And just introduce yourself. Just be a friend. Be a friend. And I'm telling you, what you're doing is you're helping them to drop their guard. You're helping them to relax. You're tearing down walls. Before they even hear the message of Jesus, you're helping tear down the walls and exposing their heart to the voice of the Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit. See, if they're softened by the time that they come and sit down, they'll be more receptive to the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, it's a ministry. And and it's a ministry that all of us should have. That we joyfully love and welcome everyone the same way Jesus loves and welcomes us. Isn't that great? And and I'm going to say that. You're going to hear me say that all the time. And it's for a reason. Because I want us to live it out. We need to be the most friendly church that, that Plymouth and in fact the entire state of Indiana has ever seen before. If we're going to make a difference. Because the ministry actually starts in the parking lot. It doesn't start in this room. It starts when they're walking through the door. It doesn't start in this room. Because I'm I'm telling you, everybody, you know as well as I do that when you are welcomed into a place, that the walls around your heart, the guard around your heart begins to come down. And I'm telling you, you're making a difference when you do that. We are an extremely friendly church, but let's do that on steroids. Let's do that on steroids, okay? I give you permission. Not, not in real life, though. Okay. And you know this already, that we want everyone to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We talk about that all the time. But I, I want to I tell you what we're up against in the world. That for every, for, every, for every thing that's good and perfect that comes down from our Heavenly Father, the devil has a counterfeit for it. Have you ever noticed that? For every truth, there's always a lie. Always. He always contradicts the truth with a lie. For for every truth, there's always deception attached to it. There's always a counterfeit. And we're seeing that all around. I mean, you're seeing that in society play out right now. For every beautiful thing, there's a counterfeit. For every godly thing, there's a counterfeit. And, and so the heart of God was to, for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But here's the counterfeit, everybody. The counterfeit in this generation is make yourself known, find affirmation, discover a platform, and make a dollar. That's the counterfeit. And, and what I mean by that is this. Make yourself known. And you know this to be true. That I've told you this in the past, that we, of course, as you know, live in a selfie generation. That You live in a selfie generation. That a lot of people, remember when I told you this, that well over 30% of people would not go on vacation if they're not allowed to take selfies of wherever they are on vacation. 30% would say, I don't want to go on a vacation if I can't tell everybody where I'm at. If I cannot brag about it, if... If I cannot brag about it, I won't go. See, see today's generation, in fact, we, we are called to know God, but the counterfeit of that in today's generation is, no, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. And I'm, I'm going to express myself, and especially in social media, I'm going to express myself so everybody can know me. And it's attached to the next one. God wants us to find freedom, but in this generation, they want to find affirmation. So now I want to make myself known, and in making myself known, I want you to affirm me. Can I, can I tell you something? For all of the moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents here in this room, or maybe even siblings, if you know of somebody that's always taking pictures of themselves and, and putting it on social media, can I tell you something? There, there's something going on. There's a heart issue there. And the hard issue there is I want to be known and I want affirmation. I want you to tell me how beautiful I am, how strong I am, how awesome I am. I'm looking for affirmation. Can I tell you, the best and most powerful affirmation somebody could ever receive is when the Lord affirms you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
Like that's the best affirmation. And I, and I know that we live in this generation that especially 20-somethings, teenagers, children, they are looking for affirmation. They are looking for affirmation. And it's our job to point them to God and to love them personally so they don't have to go out into the world to find affirmation. They find it from their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with us. I'm telling you, I've spoken to a young man recently and and I I went up to him and in fact, he's in David's Courage here in town. I went up to him and I said, brother, I'm so proud of you. And I, I gave him a hug. And this is several weeks ago now, I gave him a hug. Had to reach up there to give him a hug because he's so tall. And with tears in his eyes, he looked at me. He said, nobody's ever told me that before. I said, I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. I'm proud of you. Could it be everybody? The people are out there looking for affirmation because something isn't right in here or in their home? Could it be? And could we just weigh that out? And if you say, well, pastor, you're you're picking on me because you know what I post. I'm not on social media. I don't know who I'm talking to today because I I got rid of that. If you guys know this, I got rid of that a long time ago. Almost two years ago, I've been off of social media. Can I I tell you, if if that hits home, that's not my fault, okay? I promise I'm not picking you out. I'm just telling you you what I'm seeing in the lives of people, that, that they're needing affirmation. Affirmation is good. In fact, my love language is words of affirmation. It is. But, but I, don't ever, I, don't, I don't ever twist that into something it's not meant to be, right? There's a difference in that. And, and that's why we have to have this loving culture. Everybody, when teenagers are around, don't avoid them. Talk to them. Give them high fives. Cheer them on. You know, some of these young men in our youth group, they just need a hug from, from, from a manly man to say, hey, I'm proud of you. You keep moving forward in Christ. And some of these ladies, some of these young ladies in in our youth ministry, they need a hug from another woman, not from another man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying about that, right? Because if you hug my daughter, I'll mess you up. I will. I'll mess you up. Um, But from another woman and just say, hey, honey, you're so beautiful. You're so wonderful. I'm so proud of you. And just talk to them. Love on them, everybody. Love on them. Love on them. It's the heart of God. Children in our church, love on them. Just love on them. And I'm telling you, you'll make a difference in the life of somebody else. The counterfeit, make yourself known, find affirmation, discover a platform. Nowadays, everybody is, everybody is, is announcing what they're, what, you know, like what they believe in and what they're for and oftentimes what they're against. That everybody has a platform. Everybody's talking. Can I tell you something? Our, our message in this world is to preach Christ and Christ crucified. That hasn't changed over the last 2,000 years. That my platform is built on the gospel of grace. That I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to get involved in all of these things in the world, all these political things and all, all of the stuff that drive us crazy in this world with this, this culture that is, that is in a downward spiral right now. My job, everybody, my job is to present the gospel of grace and to live out the gospel in the lives of others. My job is to point people to Jesus, not point people to myself, not point people to somebody else. My job, your job, our task in this world is simply to point people to Jesus over and over and over again. Let me say it this way. That's your platform. Platform. Your platform is the gospel of grace. Your platform is the cross of Christ. Your platform is resurrection power, experiencing it, living it out, and explaining it to other people. That's your platform. Because if people get transformed by the gospel of Christ, they'll give up all of the nonsense that they're pursuing. Boy, that'll preach right there, won't it? That'll preach right there. That'll preach. And then, of course, to make a dollar. Instead of making a difference, they live to get instead of living to give. Don't live that way. That's the wrong way to live. Don't live to get. Live to give. It's the best way to live life. I promise you that. I'm going to show you this, something. It's going to go fast. Don't get scared. I see the sermon notes, and you're thinking, wow, we're going to be here all day. We're not, I promise. 
Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. There's just so many people that have not heard us teach on this that I wanted to give a simple explanation of why those things are the way they are and why we've embraced them the way that we have because it's been in the heart of God ever since the beginning. It's the four things that God wants to do in every person's life. And and we've taught this before, but remember when Moses was being directed by God, the Israelites were in Egyptian captivity, right? You remember this in Exodus chapter six, the Israelites were in Egyptian captivity and, and God sends Moses on them and he tells Moses this, this is Exodus 6, 6. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you out. I'll bring you out. From under the yoke of the Egyptians, I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment and I will take you as my own people and I will be your God, then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So we've said it like this, that those four statements that I underlined in your sermon notes are actually still celebrated by Jews today at at the the Passover Seder. They have these four cups and and they're called the cup of, it's the cup of sanctification, the cup of deliverance, the cup of redemption, and then the cup of praise, oftentimes called the cup of fulfillment. And they celebrate these four statements Uh, because of what God did for the Israelites when he brought them out of captivity. And, and, And if you break that down, as we have in the past, the cup of sanctification is, hey, you gotta know God. Like he wants to bring you out, bring you out from captivity, bring you out from from bondage, bring you out from slavery, the slavery to sin. He wants to make you new. He wants to bring you out. He wants you to know him. But then he goes on in Exodus chapter six, verse six says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will free you from being slaves to them. And you think that's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. And in fact, the Jews know that it's not the same thing because it's the second cup. It's the cup of deliverance. It's not the cup of sanctification. Now that second statement is the cup of deliverance. And he says, okay, now I've brought you out of Egypt. The second thing is now I need to bring Egypt out of you. Because you've been in captivity for so long, the only thing that you know how to do is act like a slave. So now I want you to find freedom. I want you to start living the life that I've called you to live, not the life that you've been living, right? We can see this, by the way, in the life of Lazarus. You can find it everywhere in the scripture. Jesus goes to Lazarus and he yells out, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus does. Like he is fully alive. But when he comes out of the tomb, what's wrapped around him? The cloths of death. He still had all of the linen strips around him and and people had to come and he had to find freedom from that. He was already made alive on the inside, but the outside looked like he was still dead, but he wasn't dead, he was fully alive. And God is saying that to Israelites, I brought you out of captivity, I brought you out of Egypt, but now I've gotta bring Egypt out of you. I brought you out of slavery, but now inside of your heart, you've only known one way to live life, and that's a life of sin. Now I need, to, I need you to find freedom. And then we have the cup of redemption. He says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgments. I will redeem you. To redeem means to restore to its original intent. So, I'm gonna, so that original purpose that you had upon your life, I'm gonna put that purpose back on you. That purpose, in fact, The the call of God is without repentance. It never really went away. So you're gonna be redeemed. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose. That's what we're talking about. You're gonna discover your purpose. And then, of course, make a difference. And he says it this way. He says, I will take you as my own people. If you notice, he says, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. And now, all of a sudden, in verse seven, he changes it, and I will take you as my own people. All of a sudden, after know God, find freedom, discover purpose, now we get to make a difference. He groups, he he will group you. Did you know that? He wants you to be in a group. He he groups you in order to make a difference. Uh, Let me show you this in in, um, what we talked about several weeks ago now, Isaiah chapter 61. Remember, this is when Jesus quoted from Isaiah 61 when he's in the temple, and he, he pulled out the scroll of Isaiah, and he said, hey, today this is fulfilled in your hearing, and this is exactly what Jesus read. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has, has anointed me to proclaim good news 
to the poor. That's the no God. And he's talking about the gra- he's talking about grace to those who are spiritually poor, not financially poor, but spiritually poor. So he said, hey, I want you to know God. He has sent me, Jesus said, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. There's fine freedom. In verse three, he says, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He said, that's redemption, everybody. That's, I'm going to restore you to your original intent. Your original intent wasn't to live a life of ashes. Your original intent was to live a life of joy. And I'm going to restore you to that. I'm going to put a purpose on your life. I'm going to, I'm going to call you not only out of darkness, but I'm not only going to call you out of something, I'm calling you into something. That's what he's saying. And out of that, you're going to make a difference. He said, verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated, renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations, that you are going to make a difference in the world. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And now we have Ephesians chapter 1. And here you're going to see the exact same thing Again, and in fact, it's all throughout Scripture. You can read it everywhere in Scripture. It's there. Ephesians 1.16 says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him. And if you already know him, I want you to know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I want you to find freedom. What's this, everybody? Because we know this, that the Bible talks about the deeds of darkness. It talks about sin in our lives. It talks about we're entangled in sin sometimes, and it's darkness inside of us. And Paul is actually praying, I not only want you to know God, but I want the light of truth to come into your life. I want all of those dark places to come out of you. I want you to find freedom. I want you to discover freedom. And he says, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. There's a calling upon your life. You've got to discover your purpose. And in fact, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy, what's that word? People. There's the group again. That God always groups you to make a difference in the world. That it was, I want you to know God, I want you to find freedom, I want you to discover purpose, now I want all of you to make a difference in the world. I want all of you to make a difference in the world. And I want you to do it together. It's amazing. That's why God groups people. That, see, the church is God's design. And he groups us. If you don't believe that, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, so Christ gave himself... So Christ himself gave, excuse me, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works, plural, of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As all of us, as all of us discover our purpose, we'll all make a difference together for the glory of his name. Like I was saying, we are all local missionaries called to live life together to make a difference for the glory of God. God wants you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And I, I want to tell you something. If you're, if you're struggling with the discover purpose part, my, my Live Your Dream class starts in just a, a couple of weeks. Join me. I'll just give me two, give me two weeks. Actually, just two sessions. Two sessions, and, and I'll help you discover your purpose in life. Uh, I'll help you. In, in fact, some of you already, maybe you missed this a few weeks ago. We handed out your next step card. Like, how can you be involved in ministry? Those are still available at guest services. So if you want to help us make a difference, just stop by guest services and say, give me a next step card. Like, I want to make a difference. Why? Because we're called to it. We're called to it. I want to end with this. John 15, 8 says this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. 
This is Jesus showing yourself to be my disciples. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Like, I've told you this, and it's not only for the benefit of others. Jesus is saying it's actually for yours, that you'll never know what true joy is until you learn to serve someone else. It's just the truth. And it's actually, it's the cup of fulfillment, everybody. It's what the Jews celebrate at the Passover Seder. They take this cup of praise, this cup of fulfillment. And I'm telling you, do you, I'm asking you, do you want to live a fulfilled life? Well, of course, we all say, yeah, I do. You need to learn to serve someone else. You need to, you need to learn the joy of helping, serving, caring, giving to someone else. Because your fulfillment lies in it. Jesus said, it's, it's, I want you to bear much fruit. And when you do, you're going to experience joy. It's yours. I promise you, if you live a life focused on you, you'll never know what true joy is all about because you'll never be satisfied because there's always something more. There's always something more. Well, I'll be happy as long as, yeah, and you got it. And two months later, you were looking at the next thing that you wanted to make you happy. Because if you focus on you, you'll never experience joy or contentment or satisfaction. You'll never experience fulfillment. You'll, you'll experience that when you help others. Mark 1, 17, Jesus says, come follow me. And this is his command to all of us, to all of his followers. And I hope you are one. He says, come and follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. This is what the Lord spoke to me. And this is what I want to end on, that Jesus said it this way to his followers. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. You've been fishing, but you haven't been fishing for the right stuff. You, you, you've been focused, but you haven't been focused on the right thing. I want to make you fishers of men. I, I, want, you to, I want you to fish for people. Can I, can I tell you something? If Jesus were standing here today, he would tell you, by the way, fishing, that's the family business. That's the family business. Have you ever thought about that? It's the family business. It's what, it's what, it's what the family does. If, if I were to ask you, how many of you are in the family of God? If you're a Christian, you'd say, I am. Well, you need to join the family business. We need to be fishers of men. We need to go out and catch people. We need to go out and spread the gospel of grace, helping people become passionately devoted followers of Christ. We need to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That's what we need to be about. We need to, in fact, remember this. When, think about this. Jesus is lost. He's almost a teenager and he's lost. And his parents are looking frantically for him everywhere. And they finally, find, they finally found him, and he's in the temple. And he said, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Didn't you know? See, G Jesus understood the family business. Do you? It's, it's the family business. This is what the Lord spoke to me. Th that... On this Vision Sunday, we need bigger nets to hold all the fish. We just need bigger nets to hold all the fish. And I, I'm not talking about, if you're thinking I'm talking about expansions, buildings don't win people to Jesus. People win people. This is just a building. You're the church. This isn't the church. You're the church. And I'm, I'm telling you this, everybody, that we need bigger nets to catch all the fish. We need, we, need, we need all of you involved, making a difference. Why? Because people are depending upon us to spread the gospel of grace, helping them become passionately devoted followers of Christ. And you need to have this mindset of ownership. Not only, well, that's my church. No, I am the church. You are the church. So get plugged in somewhere, somewhere 
well, where do I start? Well, we'll help you. Go get a Next Step card. Call us. Talk to us. We're in talks with a lot of you right now. Already dealing with this, but we need bigger nets to catch all the fish. New song. This community needs us now more than ever. And let's never, ever do anything other than live for the glory of his name and for the benefit of others. And let's do it in joy. Let's do it with grateful hearts. And let's do it with all of our might. And in the end, our reward is going to be absolutely huge. You received the word of the Lord today, yes or no? All right, stand up with me. Went a couple of minutes over, but that's okay. There's a lot of stuff to give today to you, right? I want to ask you to open up your hands toward heaven. Uh, let's end this time together with prayer. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you, thanking you for your blessings upon our lives and in this church. Let everything that we do, everything that we say, bring honor to your name. Lord, give us the lost as our inheritance. We're not a people that's just looking for more stuff. We don't find fulfillment in the things of this world. Our fulfillment is found in you and you alone. So Lord, use us for the glory of your name, I pray. And help us to live completely surrendered lives. Because what you want to do, not only at New Song, but in every Bible-believing church in North Central Indiana, what you want to do is bigger than anything we could think or imagine. It's greater than anything we could ever dream of, what you want to do. So we do not want to align ourselves with what, with what our flesh wants to do. We want to align ourselves with what our Heavenly Father wants to do and live lives of surrender in which we will discover our greatest joy. Help us, Lord, I pray. Empower us. Strengthen us. And I pray, Lord, that your blessing would be upon this church, your favor would be upon this church body, that this would be a place where people know you, that they are released from captivity, they're released from bondage, they're released from addictions, released from sin, from wrong mindsets, Lord, that they truly find freedom that their lives are absolutely redeemed, that they discover their purpose, and that all of us would make a difference for the glory of your name. And once again, we pray, oh Lord, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us and keep us from all harm. We pray and ask it and receive it today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that with all of your heart and pray it with all of your heart, say a big amen. 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 On this Vision Sunday, remember, God is just now starting what he wants to do. I really, I really believe that, that this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. So join us and let's make a difference for the glory of God. Can I get a big amen on that one? Okay, remember, one invitation can change a life. So do that. We'll see you next Sunday. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching, and we hope you tune in next week.